Clippers podcast coming at you on a Monday evening. Oh boy, overtime has not been kind to the Clippers. I am back on the podcast after Matt flew solo and did a fantastic job with a quick mini pod on Saturday. And Matt Matawarren now back with me. We are together, my friend. It is Burton Ernie, except it's Brandon and Matt back together. How are you, dude? Sports Ethos, Clipper Nation, Brandon Marcus, how the heck are you? I'm good. I'm a little disappointed about these overtime losses, like you mentioned. But this one goes out to the ones I love, Sports Ethos, Clipper Nation, keeping the REM theme going. Great to have you back, Brandon. So it's great to be back. And I got a chance to listen to your podcast. And I wanted to start it off by reacting to your pod and kind of offering my thoughts. And I think um, it's worth to see where you are now with another overtime loss if you're still keeping the faith. Because you did a whole podcast talking about how you felt like you lost your religion and that you were becoming pessimistic on the Clippers. And I texted you and I said, uh, I understand where you're going with that, but I disagree. Um, and unfortunately, I think the last two games have kind of been a summary of why I am pessimistic and why I am not keeping the religion like you are and keeping the faith because it really feels like this team just cannot put one step in front of the other without making a big mistake. And on Friday, it was the necessity to keep Terrence Mann on the bench for what seemed like the majority of the fourth quarter and overtime and both overtimes only ended up playing like 18 minutes when I think he was at seven at halftime and didn't play with a big. And this, how many times have I said, Matt, that it's so frustrating that the Clippers, when they're winning a game, go with this small ball lineup as if they, for some reason, need to get offense, when in reality, they need to get defense and rebounding. And so there was no reason whatsoever to have that small ball lineup in and not have Plumlee in at the end of the game when you have the lead. And there was no reason not to have Terrence Mann in when you need the defense. And it's just frustrating. And then yesterday, it felt like Ty Lue overcorrected, and he went, to the Plumlee and Terrence Mann lineup. He benched Westbrook for the fourth quarter in overtime. He watched Paul George make these terrible passes when I thought the whole entire purpose of having a point guard was so that you can actually have a guy at the end of games who you trust to have the ball in your hands and not going to make stupid mistakes, which you could say Russ would do the same exact thing. So that's where I am, man. It, It really feels like the, the Clippers just cannot get the right group together. And once again, it feels like there's too many pieces. And let's not forget that Zoo hasn't even played yet. And so when Zoo comes back, which he's questionable for the game tomorrow against Minnesota, which is a great sign, then there's going to be a chance that we see someone else drop out of the rotation. I mean, Robert Covington still cannot get minutes in a game where they're going to go small and continue to play Marcus Morris major minutes. It's weird Batum got benched yesterday for Marcus Morris. It just feels like Ty Lue has too many guys that he's trying to appease. And because of that, this season just feels like a disaster right now. Your thoughts? I, I couldn't believe, first of all, like, that Covington continues to be a DMP coach's yeah. decision. I don't know what's going on there, why that's the case, but 
that's sort of like issue number six or seven in and and you out you out you outlined it great i i am keeping the faith though i i i want to be optimistic because we have about 20 games give or take left and there are things that i've seen especially from Kawhi. well actually pretty much strictly from Kawhi. yeah that give that give me faith in 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 this team and i know it's sort of as as a long-standing clippers fan as you and i both are it's it's sort of ingrained in us to be pessimistic if the clippers are up let's say the fourth quarter starts and the clippers are up by 17 it almost feels like it's even like okay we can maybe win this game i mean that's just the way the clippers seem to always find a way to lose and pretty much half for as long as I can remember. And it's the reverse too, Matt. I mean, it, it really feels like that the Clippers can go down by 20 and come back in a game. I mean, they did it yesterday against Denver. They fell behind big and then they came back and just tripped over themselves and couldn't get the big play. I mean, there's really nothing you could do on that half court shot by Jamal Murray that ended up in a KCP offensive rebound. Like the Clippers played great defense on that possession it's just uh, when you have those long shots, you're going to have weird-ass rebounds and ended up resulting in an MPJ three, and the Clippers just fell apart. And it's, it's just it's weird because if you go back to that game against Sacramento, which I didn't get a chance to really chime in on, I, I, I didn't understand where Kawhi Leonard went in the fourth quarter and overtimes. Like it, It's one of those things where we were on Kawhi career high watch in the third quarter and Miriam tweeted out the Miriam who now works with the OC register front of the podcast. She tweeted about how the 45 points was the career high, which is showing his high from each season. And I thought for sure he would fly past it the way he was shooting the basketball, but they just went away from him. And it was a combination of him being doubled and just the offense, just not going through him at that time. And if you're Ty Lue, you got to find a way to get him the ball. I, I mean, I don't care how many guys are going to guard you, you find a way to get him the ball. I mean, this is a, a comparison that for some people that might not understand, but you look at Iowa women's basketball yesterday. Caitlin Clark was going to get the ball. I mean, there was go- she was going to get the ball, and she figured out a way to contribute, and she has done that all season. She's averaging damn near a triple-double, and she's contributing about 27 points per game and like eight assists per game. And so when the double comes, she's able to find the right player. And Kawhi is good enough with the basketball vision-wise where if the double does come, he's able to find somebody. And Ty Lue needs to drop a play to get somebody open. And so there's that, the Kawhi thing, plus the fact that they continue to go small when they have leads, which just makes no sense whatsoever to me because when you want to have a missed shot, you want to get a rebound – and they have their small guys in there, including Marcus Morris, who can't rebound the basketball. Like That's just not a thing that Morris does. And I've been on this podcast really in favor of Marcus Morris. I said that when you have Kawhi and PG, you need that guy that is actually going to be on the floor that can score the basketball. And when Kawhi and PG are out, Morris has done a decent job over the last couple of years. But now they're back, and Morris just doesn't have the same role. You're better off having a guy that can defend and spread the floor that can actually rebound, and Nicholas Batum fits that role better than Marcus Morris, and he's now been benched in two separate games at different points in the ball game. So there's a lot that I just hit a hit. I know it was the Kawhi thing, the rotations, the Marcus Morris thing. Um, let's hit the Marcus Morris thing because I think it's worth bringing up because now he got benched on Friday. 
Yesterday, he got brought back. I believe he replaced Terrence Mann yesterday at the end of that game. Um, an odd selection, and Morris, I believe, had a three that hit the side of the backboard um, in his only attempt. So I think it might be time for Ty Lu to bench Marcus Morris. And if it's going to be that Russell Westbrook's going to play as many minutes as he is, you got to find a way to get man in the lineup. And I think it's at the expense of Marcus Morris. Do you agree or disagree? So as positive as I am, and yeah, you, you hit a bunch of topics there and all, all worth, all worth hitting. And seniors actually, it's one of, it's one of the biggest uh, talking points in, in Clipper nation right now, mm -hmm. as he was at the scorers table, checking in towards the end of the nuggets game last night, I, I got many, many a text, many a messages. Why is he coming back in? I, I said this uh, after after the Kings game. He's just a step slow. Speaking of Marcus Morris Sr., it, he's just not fitting in with his crew anymore. And I think it's – Ty Lue is – Ty Lue is like persona non grata right now. I mean, with the sitting of T-Man, with the starting of Westbrook, with the, with the rotations, uh, with the going small and the wrong – times going and then oh, like you said overcompensating and i i think unfortunately senior is gonna play his way out of this rotation or at least i hope that tyloo can recognize that yes i would love to see batum in there otherwise i want to see covington who again dnp cd for some strange reason I, I am very concerned about senior and i just don't see him fitting in right now. He was a minus 17 in the game yesterday, and you made a joke about plus minus on the last podcast. Okay. You made a joke about it. Um, for those people, by the way, who don't know what it means, um, it plus minus means what the team does against the other team when that person's on the court. So Marcus Morse is a minus 17. So Denver outscored the Clippers by 17 points when Morris was on the floor, as opposed to Nick Batum, who was a plus 10 in the game yesterday. So the Clippers outscored Denver by 10 points when he was on the floor. That's a 27-point swing between Morris being on and Batum being on. I mean, that is a major thing that stands out. And frankly, we've talked about this the entire season, Matt, that Batum always has one of the best plus minuses on the team. And he's just a guy that's critically important to this squad. I mean, yesterday he hit three threes in 21 minutes. Marcus Morris was 0 for 4 from 3 in 33 minutes. And how about the rebounding? Marcus Morris played 33 minutes, and he had three rebounds. Three. He's the power forward in this lineup, which means he is the second biggest guy on this team, which means that he's most likely the second closest guy to the rim based on who you're guarding, depending on who's on the floor. And he had three rebounds. Like, that's not going to cut it. That's pathetic. And if you're not going to rebound the basketball, then you need to figure something out. And if you're Ty Lue, that probably means benching him. And, I mean, yesterday Bones Highland, I'm assuming, played because of the Denver thing. I yeah. would be very surprised if he if he plays again um, in the next five to six games um, with the Clippers fully healthy. I mean, if they have an injury, it's a different story. But you have so many guys that you and I were talking about, like how many minutes does each guy get with Powell and Gordon and Mann and you have Westbrook, obviously, and if Westbrook's going to play 30-plus minutes in a game, then you're probably going to end up having to DMP Bones Highland. But someone's got to get the minutes that Marcus Morris, when he if he sits. And so I think it's a combination of Batum and Terrence Mann, and those are two great guys I'd love to have on the floor because they're both guys that 
do different things. T-Man brings energy. He brings toughness. He brings athleticism. Batum brings the ability to spread the floor, and he brings defensive awareness, intelligence on the defensive end, and he'll rebound the basketball too. And so I think that it's time probably to uh, cut Marcus Morris's minutes because Paul George is not a weak spot. His turnovers are. Kawhi Leonard has been outstanding. I thought Plumlee has been very good. You had a great couple of uh, nuggets on Plumlee when you're talking about him, how much you raved about him. And he was great. I mean, he was diving on the floor. He was fantastic. And Westbrook has done the right thing. I mean, we'll talk about him in a second. So it's just the weak point really does feel like Marcus Morris. And Marcus Morris, yeah, and you're you're right. Like Plumlee, capital H hustles. Like I said, I mean, yeah. he's diving on the floor. He's the first guy up the court in anywhere you're going, offense and defense. But senior, and I'm going to say it again, he just looks as Marcus Morris looks a step slow. And if you're, if he's going to be a liability on defense, in that Kings game, there were some uh, rotational, uh, just bonehead moves that mm-hmm. were were a product of Westbrook, maybe maybe being new to the team, but we've seen him over the course of the season have some defensive lapses. And if he and Morris are going to be on the court together and just not be in sync defensively and not rotate correctly and leave people like Malik Monk or whatever the case may be wide open and just terrible uh, rotations and not communicating, you know, seniors is he, Marcus Morris is hit or miss. Uh, he can get hot shooting, but if if he's also going to be a liability on defense, then there's no way that he can be on the court when there are guys like you said, like Batum, even Eric Gordon, who you know hasn't hasn't been great as of late, but he hasn't gotten many minutes. A T man, a, a Covington, you know, there's like we said, there's so many people that can be on the the court. Otherwise, that can contribute defensively, and I think that's really where this team is going to make their no pun intended bones. Yeah. Uh, come come playoff time. Yeah, and, and I think you were alluding right to Norm Powell in terms of the defense, right? Uh, you can't mm-hmm. Norm Powell and Marcus Morris together. I mean, because they Norm was the one who I believe was at fault for the Malik Monk three-pointer. Three yeah. And Norm's just not known for his defense. I mean, he'll get a steal from here here and I mean, once again, or here and there. Um, but he's not known for his defense. I mean, among the guards that you'll bring off the bench, I, I trust Gordon and Mann more so. And if you're going to have Powell and Morris on the floor together, then you can be in trouble defensively. And the Clippers have the ability to play all these wings, whether it be Kawhi, PG, Batum, Covington. Um, I mean, you look at these guys that you can put on the floor together that can be great defensively along with Terrence Mann, and you have something that you can do. It just feels like right now Ty Lue is trying too many things out to see if they work when we know some of these things won't work. Like, we know that going ahead and playing Marcus Morris late in ball games when you need defense doesn't make sense. And when he doesn't have it offensively, it doesn't make sense. It's just, how many times have we talked about, Matt, this season, that it feels like the Clippers are wasting regular season games by trying this out? Like, you and I talked about the trade deadline, right? Like, we were saying, you're better off making these deals earlier rather than later. Because the later you do it, the more time or the less time that you're going to have to get these guys together and figure things out. And now we're at the point where there's 19 games left and it feels like the Clippers are running out of time. And at the same time, they're losing games that you really can't lose. And I, and I got on, I got on your, your, your guy, Kendrick Perkins for saying that the players don't want to play. And I still vehemently disagree with that. I think that was maybe one of the 
just most ridiculous comments I've ever heard saying that there's load management because Kawhi or PG or whoever doesn't want to play. So that's not the case. But but there is there needs to be a sense of urgency because with you and I have talked about this since before the season even started, since we met on the podcast. We're like, the Clippers can't be in the play-in. That that's just that just can't happen. They have to make the playoffs. So these these next 19, 20 games are paramount. And then I'm curious, and obviously I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but I'm just curious as to what you think about what Ty Lu will do rotational ro- rotationally when the the playoffs occur. But of course we can't go that far if if the Clippers keep losing these close games in overtime where we just can't close. So it's it it's a it's a tricky situation. It's 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 a very delicate spot that the Clippers are in because it's so easy to fall into the play-in. And, and like I said on Saturday when I recorded the solo pod, it's like that that three-six mafia thing where we can uh, try to avoid whoever. But we just actually need to forget that. We just need to get into the playoffs. Yeah, and here's the issue: is that if you win those two games, you're 35 and 28. And you're still three losses behind Sacramento, who's sitting in the three seed. But right now, the Clippers are five losses behind Sacramento. And you brought up a really good point, by the way, that has really taken off amongst Clippers Twitter. And I think, honestly, you were the first person to bring it up. Um, And then other people started bringing it up at the same time, because great minds think alike, that you were talking, I believe, with Adam about how you want to be in that 3-6 matchup. And you want to avoid the 4-5 and that makes perfect sense because you don't want to face Denver and you'd much rather face a team like Sacramento and then face a Memphis as opposed to facing Denver and having to face Phoenix. And it, it really feels like the ideal spot right now for the Clippers would be that six seed if you're not going to get the three seed. And the way the Clippers are playing, they're three and a half back of the three seed and they're five losses behind Sacramento. So the three seed seems pretty much out of reach at this point. And now you wonder, all right, do you want to try and mess around where you get a certain seed? And like you said on your Saturday pod that you were kind of picking your poison and you're dealing with the devil here by purposely losing and trying to figure out what seed you want to be. But the sixth seed may be the place to be. And I'm not sure if the Clippers can get to that spot because you're playing a dangerous game if you try and get to that six, six, six seed when the seven seed is just a half a game back of the six seed. So you're walking, yeah, you're, you're you're like exactly you're rocking you're walking a tightrope. Yeah, I don't if know if it's doable. If, if, if you're yeah, it it's it's a really it's a really tough position to be in. I mean, you got to beat these I teams guess. anyways. To be fair, I mean, like you're gonna have to beat a Phoenix. You're gonna have to beat a Denver totally. most likely. So, I mean, the Clippers may have just made their bed, and now they very well could have a path of Phoenix, Denver. And then who knows what they end up doing after that if they even get that far. But they have they can only blame themselves because they threw games away at the start of the season. And now they're throwing away games later on. I mean, how many times earlier in the season did um, we see a DNP for Terrence Mann? And now once again, we had Ty Lue on Friday, which freaking infuriated me. See, after the game, yeah, he probably should have played more. It's like, I don't understand how this coach can go from saying earlier on, that I don't know what his role is, to him becoming the point guard and seeing them put up a fantastic display against Phoenix before the All-Star break, to then saying, yeah, I probably should have played it more. Like, I don't what's going on? I, I, it just doesn't make sense. Something feels like it's very off right now with this team. And 
Justin Wilson of LA Clippers film mentioned it, that this is what happens when you have a bunch of veteran guys who think they all deserve playing time. And Ty Lue feels like he kind of needs to appease all these guys, but we're running out of time. Like the Clippers need to win games and it, just win as many games as possible. Like you'd like to have that six spot. So you face the three, but I'd much rather be a five seed than have to be in that seven versus 10 play in game. So it, the Clippers just need to keep winning and they have a really big game against Minnesota that they absolutely need to win tomorrow night because those are the types of games you got to win when you look at the schedule. And after Minnesota, it doesn't get easy for the Clippers. I mean, you look at what's coming up after Minnesota. It's at Golden State, at Sacramento, Memphis, Toronto, the Knicks, Golden State, where Curry may be back, Orlando's an easier one, then at Portland, OKC twice. I mean, it's it's not great for the Clippers. You got to win games when you can. And, you know, we're, and we're getting into maybe Lob City. Uh, we're getting into, into, into dangerous Clippers territory here where we're discussing, and, and, and it makes sense. Obviously, like you said, I brought it up. I thought it was decent, a decent argument to be like, Oh, three, six, where mm-hmm. do we want to land so we can avoid people. But to, to have the audacity and maybe to think that we can pick and choose or as Clippers fans or as Clippers players or as the Clippers in general, look, you just got to make the playoffs. You can't yeah. pick where you're going to go. You you can't push the regular season aside and say like, well, let's, 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 let's take this, uh, you know, we, we can pinpoint which games we want to win and which you want, which games we want to lose to get there. We know and we can see that that's not reality. So the, probably the best way to go is just to try to win every every game that the Clippers can from here on out. And like you said, the, the schedule is not is not doing us any favors here. So, yeah, to to say I, I, we would like to be the six seed, we would like to be the three seed. That, that's all fine and dandy. We would just like to be in the in the playoffs on a strong run with good chemistry with lineups, maybe a little <laughs> more defined to know what's going to happen actually in the playoffs when we get there. And, and, and that's a question I have for you is like, what is Ty Lue going to do yeah. come playoff time? I mean, of course, of course we're, we've been missing zoo since the all-star break. So that's, that's a huge piece to this, but I, I, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the box score, even from this Denver game. And uh, it, it, it perplexes me like what, how this rotation is going to work, what Ty Lue is going to do. Can you make any sense of it? I don't, I don't really know. No, and and I don't think we're going to get a good idea of what is actually going to happen for a while. It, it just feels like Ty Lue is going to try so many different things that is, I mean, to us, it's not going to make sense. And then we keep saying we got to trust him because he usually does figure out the right things come playoff time, but it's just a matter of where the Clippers are going to be at that point. Like, the Clippers have played two games out of the All-Star break, that you very easily should have won against the one seed and the three seed. And this goes back to when the Clippers Twitter had a freak out when the Clippers couldn't beat good teams. Like remember when they lost earlier this year, I believe it was to Philadelphia and everyone lost their marbles because the Clippers just could not beat a good team. And then they went and they lost to Milwaukee in a game that you should have won on February 2nd. And then you go and you lose to Sacramento and Denver out of the break in two games. You should have won again, the Clippers continue to be right there. And PG said after the game, like, we're right there. We're playing with these top teams. We just can't get the win right now. Like, 
if you want to be considered a real contender, you got to win these games. The Clippers just have not won many games against good teams this year, which is very concerning. But at the same time, you can look at the positive side of it, that they came back from a big deficit against Denver and almost won. And they should have had a win against Sacramento, who's been really good this year. So the Clippers are right there. It's just about making those right decisions, which is what you just brought up, is the rotations and who plays when. And I think we all can be in agreement that, obviously, Kawhi and PG will play their minutes. And what he does, Ty Lue does, at the center position will be probably the most fascinating thing to watch, apart from Team Ann, because you have Zoo and you have Plumlee. And there's no reason to go small unless you absolutely need to because those two guys both bring something to the floor that's important. And so what you do with Morris and Westbrook and Batum and Powell and Gordon and Mann, like that will be the crucial part because the Clippers have their foundation. But what are you going to do around? What are you going to surround them with to get success? And it really does depend game, game on game what the difference is and what you need. But it's going to be interesting, and I, I think that kind of can bring us to, um, I mean, first, what do you think? Well, it, it, think and what you're saying is is right in that it, if, if the situation dictates small ball, yes, but we have Zoo, we have Plumlee, but that all really leads back to Westbrook because he's built for small ball to five out to where he drives and kicks out to shooters and with Plumley or with Zoo on the court that doesn't really make sense. So he's played 39 minutes. He's played uh, 25 or whatever it was yeah. in the um, in the Nuggets game, um, which actually maybe he should have played a little bit more. But um, so that really it, it synthesizes what what is going to be very difficult for T. Lou to figure out is. How do I play the center rotation? And then what do I do with point guard? Which has been the question, unfortunately, since day one. And I, I, and I, I, you mentioned that the center rotation and Terrence Mann. That's really what it boils down to. We know, we know, we know what our, our microwave Powell can do off the bench. We know Gordon should play a little more and he can set the table too. But really this, this Plumlee, Zoo, and then Westbrook, by osmosis, by by, because I don't think that Westbrook is a five-out guy, and with 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 Plumlee or or Zoo on the court, it doesn't exactly make sense. And that's exactly where I was going next, by the way. So you you went exactly where I wanted to go because Westbrook's minutes are the next biggest thing. I mean, the three things that are going to be pivotal down the stretch are the bigs versus small lineup, Plumlee versus so Plumlee and Zoo is one, Batum and Morris how their minutes get split up, and then Mann and Westbrook. And with Westbrook, you're spot on that when you have Zoo and you have Plumlee on the floor, whichever center's on the floor, plus Westbrook, you have two guys that can't shoot on the floor. And that kills you offensively. And there was points yesterday where Westbrook was basically being left open. It's the same thing the Clippers did against the Lakers when Westbrook was on the Lakers. Like, he can't shoot, and so they leave him open. And that hurts your offensive flow. But you're much better off having a lineup with Westbrook to go along with PG and Kawhi and Batum and a Powell or Gordon. And you have those guys on the floor together that can spread the floor. Westbrook can attack and he can find the open guy. And give credit to Westbrook. I mean, I was tweeting about Westbrook on Friday and I had people uh, in my mentions that were just going after me for basically criticizing him and saying that 
oh man, why are you giving him uh, crap? Like, why is, because I said a missed layup by Westbrook is basically a turnover. Like, it's going to lead to another, bat. it's going to lead to a basket for the other team. He had two missed layups, and it resulted in a three, and it resulted in a two. And someone's like, well, can't you say that about every missed uh, bat, a missed shot for a guy on the Clippers? I'm like, yes, but no, because you can't shoot 50% on layups. Like, that's bad. And a missed layup is basically a turnover in the open floor because it immediately becomes into a five on four and the team can run and it just ends up screwing you over. And the same thing goes with a long rebound off a bad missed shot. So it's one of those things, like you said, that Westbrook needs to be with these smaller players. And the reason why Tyloo didn't play Westbrook late was because he needed to find the way he needed to have these bigs on the floor. And then he decided to go away from the big late. So it's, it was weird, man. It was really weird. Like when you took out Plumley um, at, at at any point, like that's when you can go ahead and put in Westbrook probably because you have the other shooting on the floor. So I don't know where exactly I want to, where I'm going with this. It's more of a I agree with you that with Westbrook and with Plumley and Zoo, you with those two on the floor, you are really screwing yourselves in terms of your spacing, and that's where Ty Lewis to figure out when where he can play Westbrook because it's not easy. But give credit, well, give credit to Westbrook because he's he he's played within himself for the most part in his first two games of the Clippers. Like give credit to him, his turnovers like have been there. Like he only had a couple last game, um, and I think he had seven in his first game. But he's done a nice job of attacking the hoop when he needed to. Like when he gets caught in the air, attacking the paint. Like he's not forcing out something stupid. He's finding open players. So he's done a nice job in his first couple of games. I just don't think he was necessary. I don't think it was necessary to bring him in when Terrence Mann was playing well. And and seven turnovers, yeah, was tough in the first game. And and but but you hit the nail on the head with the missed layups being essentially a turnover. And I I think you even you even hit it with um, the long rebounds because when Westbrook when they when when he gets left wide open, which is going to happen over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. I hate to overstate it, but over and over and over and over again because unfortunately he's just not that great of an outside shooter. His tendency is to run in to try to get the rebound, but the problem is the rebound goes long and then the other team can run down the court and it's like a three on two or a four on three or whatever the case may be. And that that happened a few times and it's gonna continue to happen just 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 because of the way Westbrook plays but having said all that and to go back to the very beginning of what we we're talking about I'm still optimistic now I, I I do think because of the way that one Kawhi Leonard is playing Paul George engaged do I have faith in Ty Lue? yes am I a little concerned about what's happening absolutely yeah, but I think I think rolling into the playoffs and you know let's let's get into these into the top six whether whether it's three whether it's six four or five whatever the case may be, once a seven game series rolls around I hope and I think that the rotation will shrink and we'll be able to figure this out. And here's the thing, and where your optimism is very much accepted is that the Clippers have the pieces. Like, they're there. The, the Clippers have the guys that can compete with anybody in the NBA. Like, they've got the dudes. It's just about figuring out the right rotations. And right now, I don't know if I trust Ty Lue to figure it out with the way he has managed rotations all season. Like, is he all of a sudden going to figure out that, hey, maybe 
Terrence Mann should play more. Maybe Batum should play over Marcus Morris. Hey, maybe you shouldn't have these guards together on the floor. Hey, maybe it wouldn't make sense to have Plumlee and Westbrook on the floor together late. Like it just it's weird because it I don't love how often he goes to small ball and that's really a concern. I mean, just a little note for you from Friday. And Lucas Hahn does a really nice job on Twitter. And so he said that Plumlee played 25 minutes um, in that game against the Kings. 33 minutes of small ball in that game. Okay? He played 25 minutes. The 33 minutes were small ball. And the Kings scored at the rim nearly once per minute. And that was with Shane Young, who tweeted the original stat, that without Zoo, the Clippers allowed 51 rim attempts in 58 minutes. The Kings went 36 of 45. 36 of 45 on those rim attempts. So that goes back to Westbrook, by the way, shooting 50% on layups. 80% is what that is. 80% is what the Kings uh, shot at the rim without Zoo on the floor. And Plumlee just did not play enough in that game. He just has this uh, propensity, Ty Lue does, to go small too often. And so that's why I'm a little bit concerned. But you're right, man. The guys are there. The Clippers have the dudes to put it together, it's just a matter of can Ty Lue put the right pieces together on the chessboard and win this match and like win a game. I just don't know if he if he will with these veteran dudes that think they deserve to play. And it's not a, and it's not do they think they deserve to play? I'm everybody thinks they deserve to play. Does and I have to imagine Ty Lue has the he has to have the confidence to say no, right? Like, nope, you're not playing. You're sitting to a to yeah. anybody, to to a Morris, to a Westbrook. For goodness sakes, to to like a PG thirteen. Let's say if he's turning the ball over. Of course, we're never going to sit PG, but yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, does like Tyloo has to have the the power to say no? And he's done it. He's done it. He, he sat he's Reggie. Exactly. He sat John Wall. Like he sat he's these guys. Done. He's done in the playoffs where yeah. he's made he's made crucial decisions in the playoffs, which is which is why I'm curious if yeah. it's sort of uh, I'm going to play around until we get to the playoff time and then I'm going to lay the hammer down. Is that what we're is that what we're looking at? It's just frustrating how much he's doing that. It's and like, super frustrating. And, it's, I, it's, you can't deny it. I mean, as optimistic as I am, believe me, I was I was kicking up a storm here in the room. Uh the clothes were Clippers gear was flying the Nintendo controllers everything was going all over the place I was so frustrated it just with you on that it just feels like the Clippers should be the three seed right now like there's no reason why they shouldn't be the three seed they're they're, they've just thrown away so many games and now they're in this stretch where once again this is exactly what we talked about uh in November that I don't want to get into the point of the season where you get to April and every game becomes a must-win game and you're playing Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, 40 minutes a game. And here we are, where Kawhi just played 39 minutes in an overtime game. And the night before, against um, the Kings in double overtime, he played 46 minutes. Like, I said on the last podcast that I was with you that I thought he was going to play in the back-to-back coming up. Now I don't think that's going to happen, just because he's played so many minutes recently. And PG's got this knee thing that he's managing and he seems fine in terms of the way he's playing. Um, I mean, the knee thing is clearly not in his brain with some of these turnovers. So uh, he played 36 minutes last game. And, and I wouldn't be surprised to see PG and Kawhi both sit in that game at Sacramento, which is brutal because that's a Sacramento team that's right there in the standings. 
So we'll see how Ty Lue manages that, whether it's the Golden State game or the Sacramento game that they sit in. But I wouldn't be surprised to see both those guys sit. And then you go and you have the game against Memphis on Sunday, and then you have a nice little break before the game on Wednesday against Toronto, and then a nice little break again before the game against uh, the Knicks on Saturday, the 11th. So the Clippers have some time off now, which is nice. But I don't know, man. Uh, they're putting they're already putting way too many minutes on Kawhi and PG at the end of February. Like I, I was concerned about April, but here we are in the end of February with all these minutes racking up and it's concerning. It's very concerning. It's, yeah, it's a double edged sword of load load management, right? Like if yeah. you if you load manage and don't win, yes. then all of that management, all of that all of that load, uh, not to be gross, but it, hmm. it it comes forth now at this time when games are crucial, every single one of them. I'll actually I'll actually be at that at that Knicks game. Uh, my wife was nice enough to get us tickets so nice it's a matinee we, game yeah it's you know uh, clippers not traditionally so great in the afternoons but i'll try to i'll try to bring uh, as much positive energy as we can but yeah it's Kawhi playing 46 and then playing in the high 30 it's it's very concerning and and you called it you called it from way back you're like you said that we they're going to put too much pressure on Kawhi and paul george if 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 the record dictates that every game is crucial, and guess what, every game now is crucial. Yeah, and I was saying that you got to treat these games at the beginning of the season as important as the games at the end, because a win in the beginning of the season may put uh, ease some pressure off you at the end of the season. Well, instead, um, the Clippers wisely, by the way, managed Kawhi Leonard to the point where he is playing out of his damn mind in the last twenty five games or so. Like he's his splits are ridiculous i think he's shooting like 52 percent from the field 46 percent from three or something like that he's been remarkable and oh, so my, 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 my fantasy team thanks him but yeah and i mean he's been unbelievable and clearly the clippers did the right thing with him but you pick and choose these spots at the beginning of the season and now it just means that now towards the end of the season you've picked your battle and unfortunately now you have to play these guys more minutes than you want to and the load management at the beginning of the season is now going to become a problem at the end of the season when you're not going to be able to rest a guy when you may want to because each game is going to become important. Like, I think the Clippers know that they need to, they need to avoid the play-in, and that means winning a bunch of ball games. And so we'll see what happens because it's not easy with the schedule coming up. The schedule is going to be tough coming down the stretch. It, at the beginning of the season, you and I talked about let's start off six and two you know five and three whatever or let's let's get off to a good start didn't really happen that way but we sit here where we are right now with the clips in fifth but i mean it is tenuous at best Mm -hmm. especially just looking down the line you know even even down to i would say the ninth seed with minnesota but with i I'm, i'm keeping my faith I'm keeping the optimism. I do believe that that come playoff time, like you like you said, Clippers have the guys to do this. So it's it's really it's really going to come down to Ty Lue, and he's the head coach for a reason. Yeah, I think. So let's see if let's see what he can figure out. Yeah, and a big game coming up, obviously against Minnesota, a team that's sitting in the nine spot right now. That is two games back of the Clippers. So a massive mm-hmm. game. For the LA Clippers where no Carl Anthony Towns in that game tomorrow 
and the Clippers may be getting Zoo back, and everyone else is healthy. So the Clippers hopefully will win this ball game against Minnesota, considering that they should have beaten the one seed and the three seed out of the break, but ruined their opportunity to do so. So we'll see if perhaps there's more positive momentum that they can build off these two performances where they just had a couple of mistakes here and there. And against Minnesota, you're you're facing a team that you're better than. So there's no reason why you can't win that game. And frankly, there's no reason why you can't follow that up with a win at Golden State on Thursday. With no Steph Curry and with no Draymond possibly, I mean, it's not a team that you should be fearing. So the Clippers should win the next two games. And that would put a lot of more positivity around this franchise and the fan base because you only have 19 games left. So we'll see how they do in the rest of them. But first things first, Minnesota. That's tomorrow night. Hopefully the Clippers can uh, put it together. And uh, follow Matt, Matt Warren on Twitter, M-A-T-T-M-A-T-A-W-A-R-A-N on Twitter, at BD Marcus for myself. Hit us up during the ball games. We both tweet, both enjoy talking Clippers basketball. At Ethos Clippers is the Twitter handle. Rate and review the podcast if you get a chance. Always does help this podcast. And if you want to retweet it, help us grow. Always is great as well as we continue to try and build this thing and get some uh, some good vibes going into the playoffs. And uh, we'll see. See how they do. Uh, I'll, I'll obviously be watching Westbrook to see how he's used. I, I think it's the three things that you and I talked about. Are we looking at Westbrook versus Mann? Are we looking at a Batum versus Morris? And Zoo and Plumlee, how much they're playing versus the small ball lineup? I think those are the three things that people should be looking out for through the ball game. Any, anything else you want to add, Matt? I'll be, I'll be watching the same things you are. Westbrook man, the center rotation, and I will be looking at it, Sports Ethos Clipper Nation, with a positive vibe, like Brandon just said, and an outlook to hopefully do what the Clippers have never done before, and that's win a championship. Yes, sir. And it all starts now. I mean, you got to figure it out, get the pieces together, and go ahead and start winning some ball games. So until next time, he's Matt, I'm Brandon, and go Clips. Go Clips.